Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning. Actually, the good news is, and for the first time in ages, I'm able to say to you, it's actually quite mild outside. Still the usual drunks and everything else and the usual people weeing around corridors. Why is it men have an inability to go to the toilet when they leave the place where they've been for most of the evening? They just walk out and think, oh, I must have a wee in a doorway. It's all very odd. Uh, the Queen approves the statue of Diana. It's only taken 20 years. As I say, I'd be happier if it was Prince Charles saying, yes, I approve it. But of course, I shouldn't imagine he's remotely interested. I can't remember the last time that uh, Charles went to Kensington Palace. Uh, David Beckham, my marriage mistakes and uh, how he's got a thousand pairs of shoes and he doesn't believe in brand Beckham. All in all, it was a little bit predictable. Uh, The wife of the cheating TV sports host is pressing ahead with a divorce. This is Richard Keyes, otherwise known as the man with the hairiest arms in the entire business and hands. Uh, Britain's killer potholes and a woman who shed nine stone on a diet uh, lost the weight and lost her husband as well. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It's another slimming world. They must have people losing weight left, right and centre at Slimming slimming World. Every time I open up the papers, there's another fat person who's lost weight. They go, Slimming World. Because years ago, it used to be, there's all these other slimming places. And every year, they would try and find their slimmer of the year. That's somebody who'd sort of lost an extraordinary amount of weight. And they would be, because it encourages other fat people to go there. It turns out my, my brother goes to Slimming World. And he's not fat. He just goes, I think, to sort of, you know, just sort of, He's sort of a little bit prone, not as bad as me, obviously, uh, for sort of losing the weight. He finds it difficult. And in fact, he loaded a load, lost a load coming up to Christmas. Over Christmas, bang, it all goes back on again. So not so good. Uh, Alex Best says that uh, George Best's ghost lived with her forever. In fact, each house she's been to, the, uh, the ghost follows her. Uh, Callum Best appeared, it's all the Z-listers, isn't it? It's all the dreary drearies, look at me, look at me, attention-seeking nobodies, who appear on this In the Room with a Therapist. So we've had the Danielle Lloyds, we've had, um, uh, who else have we had? We've had, uh, I think, Kerry Katona. They've all done it. It's all the people who can't cope with their own life. That's the problem with them. And so Callum Best was on there. But at one point, the therapist said to him, I don't believe anything you're telling me. Because I think that Callum Best's life is so dreary and so boring but nobody really gives a stuff about him. What is he? He just happens to be George Best's son. They fell out years ago, but then George Best was a drunk. George Best was an alcoholic. George Best was, uh, you know, at one time top footballer, and then they all fall off the wagon, don't they? They sort of fall off the other end of the scale, and then people go, oh, isn't it awful? You know, we've got to do... And so we've got, the, we've got it at the moment with Paul Gascoigne, who apparently is out of rehab, whether it's temporary or not, I've got an idea, because he went out with two of his favourites and they were saying, oh, he's become a much better person. Yeah, till the next time. You know, it's, it's yo-yo, isn't it? And so uh, Callum Best is there. What's he famous for? Nothing, apart from telling about his, his cocaine and drinking, you know, because his father didn't talk to him. Really? Well, there must be millions of people in the country whose fathers and mothers never spoke to them and, uh, and they had a turbulent relationship. They didn't turn to drugs. It's only if you're weak and feeble that you turn to drugs. And Callum Best has droned on as only he can. I mean, all he seems to do, his, his, sole, his sole role in life is just to bed as many women as possible, which is sadly pathetic for a man of his age. But there you go. Uh, tributes pouring in for John Hurt, as indeed you would expect them to. He was a great actor. He was a, a marvellous person. And, um, you know, we've all got our day, as they say, of judgment. We all get that day where the good Lord is going to call us, or whoever calls you in particular, and they've decided it's your turn to go. And uh, that's, that's it. Some people go to 90, 95. Some people go to 100, 101, 102. People go all the way through this. And then some people go very young. 
I was only reminded yesterday when I went down to my brother and tried to empty the boot of the car, which didn't... I kind of failed a little bit, but I did manage to <laughs> empty quite a bit of it. But uh, we end up talking about my parents, because there are certain things I cannot remember. Like, I couldn't remember what year my father died, and that was apparently May, and that was about uh, 30 years ago. Because strangely... My brother's wife's mother, if you remember, died at the Christmas all these years ago. And it was six months after she died that my father died. And I didn't know that. It was 25 years ago, practically, that my mother died. To me, it seems like yesterday. And, uh, and we, were, we were talking about one of my mum's friends called Brenda. And, and he said, how old do you think Brenda is now? And I said, I've got no idea. He said, she's 89. I said, is she? He said she's as lucid as she ever was. Chatter, chatter, chatter. He said, I was on the phone 45 minutes. 37 of them were her talking. So that's how it works, isn't it? People sort of, people do that. So my mother would have been 88 had she lived. She died at 62, so not so, uh, not so brilliant at all. Uh, Chelsea Healy, we've not heard about that dreary old baggage for ages, talking about something in the paper that nobody really gives a stuff about. And uh, Donny Osmond has said he's been tempted to cheat on his wife. And he's had Botox. But I don't mind. He's Donny Osmond. He can do whatever he likes as far as I'm concerned. He's he's literally had a life and then some. I mean, he really has. They're a, they're a big family. I don't think they're sort of exactly the same close, close family as they always used to be. But now they're sort of extended. I think their parents worked them very hard indeed. But it paid off. Uh, the ramblings of uh, Sarah Khan about her good friend Colleen Nolan. So funny, all these people in show business think they've actually got friends. Whereas, of course, we know they don't have friends because they're just fair-weather friends. They're sort of people who go, yeah, I'll be your friend. I'm really excited to be your friend. And then it turns out they're not their friend at all because when you need them, they're not there. Uh, Joan Collins' ceiling's fallen in. That, that's her actual ceiling as opposed to her boobs dropping to the ground. That's her actual ceiling has fallen in. I think upstairs... In, uh, in the place she's got in Belgravia, they had a flood, not so good. And, uh, and the latest celebrity pet, sausage cats. So as opposed to sausage dogs, these are elongated cats. Why do we mess around with animals? Why do we mess around with animals? It's just so, it's just so wrong, so wrong. Uh, also, Rick Parfitt's last wife left nothing, nothing, nothing in the will. And uh, I've always said, um, you know, if you're of a certain age, and, and it can be any age, do make a will. Please make a will. Uh, not necessarily so you could see where your money goes to or something like that, but it makes it easier for people following on behind you. If you don't do a will, it's terribly complicated. If you do a will, they go, there you go, that's the will. That's the one he wrote yesterday, just before he ate the weed killer. And uh, and so people then can go, oh, that's that's fine. You can have the uh, you can have the will, but do make one. And if you if you are one of those people who's married a few times, you have updated the will, haven't you? Don't automatically assume it goes to the current wife or the current boyfriend or whoever it is. You've got to make a will that specifies people by name. And that's the only way you're going to get through it. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, plus the fury over Trump's block on refugees. Um, and um, two more strange creatures drone on about Celebrity Love Island. I'm sorry, every time you see somebody in a bikini with tattoos under their boobs, chav. Chav, chav, low-rent chav. OK. Uh, plus, uh, oh, Jeremy Kyle has found love. <laughs> so I'm tempted, tempted to put her on the programme and say, do you really love him? Yeah, lie detector says you don't. You know, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Go on, put her on there, Jeremy, put her on there. Like we wanted you to put your wife on. She cheated with a, a much younger, better-looking person who was a horse rider. He was obviously a bit fit and uh, obviously fitter than Jeremy Kyle. But Jeremy Kyle found love with 
their nanny. They're lovely. The wife couldn't cope with having three three children, managed them in the first place. And um, and then so Jeremy Carl founds love with the nanny. It's always somebody within the house. You never find love outside of your group of people. You don't sort of wander down the road to the local fish and chip shop and meet somebody behind the counter and go, do you know, I think I'm going to go out with you. And so Jeremy Kyle has had to uh, sort of drag his life out, which is great. He does it to other people. Why shouldn't we do it to him as well? And the son um, has Katie Price had a fling with Simon Cowell. I know. (laughs) I think it's quite funny as well. Uh, This was some time ago. Katie sneaked into his mansion and didn't return home until 8am the next day. This is Leandro Penner. This was the extremely attractive boy that she met, I believe, in America. It could have been at, um, at an Oscar party, what she was doing there, God alone knows. And um, he, just, he was the one who afterwards said she spent all her time Googling herself on the internet uh, to see what people were saying about her. <laughs> now you know, now you know. Uh, and uh, George Clooney's ex, Lisa Snowden, is set to tie the knot with another George. This is the, the latest uh, boyfriend. Danny Dyer says, I may quit EastEnders for the stage, if indeed there is any work there. Um, and uh, what else do we have here? Oh, this is, this is a picture of um, Wills and Harry's planning the palace statue. It's a load of old hooky, isn't it, really? I mean, this is 20 years after she died. 20 years after she died. And they've gone, we think the time is right. What do you mean the time? What do you mean the time is right? What does that mean? Try and explain it to us mere mortals, because I understand roughly what it's like within the royal family. She hated it. They shunned her. She was by herself. She was isolated. Small wonder she turned to other people, because uh, Charles was off, uh, you know, doing what he did with the the Audrey Roberts lookalike, and um, and everything else sort of just sort of took place. But then sort of the boys didn't say anything for fear of upsetting their father. Now, as uh, as Prince Charles shrinks in height. Uh, and might be king or might not be king or might, I don't know. Um, they sort of come up with the idea of a statue. Well, seeing as she had the biggest turnout of any royal family member for the funeral, I don't think there's any doubt this should have been done years and years ago. Years and years ago. I mean, you can't leave it 20 years, can you? And they go, we think the time is right. In other words, Dad said that maybe we could probably do it now, but he doesn't want to be involved with it because he was cheating on her. You know, she had to go and find some sort of comfort somewhere else. It must have been a nightmare scenario, but that's the way the royal family operate. Uh, David Beckham has a castaway, his missus. So, David, would you like to take somebody away from the island, would you? I'd like to take Victoria. Okay, dear. So, um, who else? I'd like to take Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like me. Okay, dear. And um, and any any music? Oh, Spice Girls. Right, okay. You don't want any sort of tell you? No! Why? No, like him. OK, OK, so, um, so, what, what, so, so what sort of music would, would you like to take? I'd like, I'd like to take Rolling Stones' Wild Horses. Sorry? I'd like to take Rolling Stones' Wild Horses. Where, where did that one come up from? Um, Victoria gave it to me. OK, and, and the other one? Sidney Betcheff. Who? Sidney Betcheff. OK, what, 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 what did he record, dear? Si tu vois ma mère. What? David Beckham speaks another language, apart from English. Dear God, it can't be true. And and the other one? Uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, do you like Michael Jackson? I like Michael Jackson. OK, and the song? The girl is mine. What was that? Is that yours and Victoria's song? Yes, it is. OK. So you, you didn't want um, Spice Up Your Life? No, don't! OK, you don't want any of those, uh, any of those Spice Girls songs? No, don't like them. Don't like them. They never liked Victoria. I love Victoria. She's with me all my life. Because she helps me with things cornflakes and stuff like that so he says uh, on fatherhood 
He used to blow raspberries on his baby's belly. Good Lord, what, like the rest of the entire world. Everybody, everybody does that, don't they? Because it makes baby go, ah, and then they go to toilet. You know, on the red card, I didn't realise how bad it was going to be. On his marriage, of course you make mistakes over the years. I know, but that's, you know, still a simple interview, though. It wasn't really the most riveting thing that I was expecting to hear. I was expecting to hear a little bit better. And when he actually picked that sort of, um, that piece... Uh, by uh, Sydney Betcheff, you begin to wonder what she's put on his little eye player when he goes down to the gym. Oh, solo mio. I like this one. You know, I don't, I don't think he knows anything like that. It's opposite. There was nothing too sort of complicated. She did ask, I mean, you know, to give her a due, old, uh, old what's-her-face did ask about Brand Beckham, and he didn't, he didn't believe that Brand Beckham actually existed. He just thought that, because I think they have separate lives. Seriously, he's in London, she's trolling about all over the world. You know, she's in London, he's trolling about all over the world. Although he hasn't had a gig for ages, has he? Last one was the pants. Oh no, the whiskey was the last one. But as I say, as nobody believes that David Beckham drinks whiskey, he'd probably have two and fall over. I like him! And he'd just sort of collapse and that would be uh, be it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Sunday. Yippee! And, uh, wait a minute, let me just have a quick check. Da, 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 da. 20, that's right, 30 days, half September, April, June, November. So it's 31 days in, in January, OK? So next week, next week is February. Wow, February, next week. How lovely. Wheezing through, isn't it? And just remember, only 11 months to Christmas. So uh, start stocking up those uh, Christmas presents. Start saving now. That would be the Steve Allen advice. Start saving now and then you won't be caught out at Christmas because you've probably just been paid and you've probably gone, oh, my God, off it's gone out with all the blooming things that we owe. And then yesterday, no, it wasn't yesterday. It must have been Friday. Was it Friday? Was it Saturday? No, it was Friday. I turned on the television. There's Newsnight with James O'Brien, who's miraculously found a pair of glasses. And all of a sudden he's wearing comedy glasses. Now... I work with him every day. I've never seen him wearing glasses in the office. Not like those ones. He looked like uh, looked like one of the one of the Cray twins. Seriously, I was looking at these glasses, and I'm always curious about people who wear glasses on television. I'm sort of, I'm trying to look sideways, thinking, are these just clear frames and clear glass, or are these actual glasses? Because I can't read without my glasses. It's as simple as that. And he dresses much. Well, he's obviously saved up and bought a new suit from Hepworths. It's obviously on the easy pay. I should imagine, because I've never seen that suit either before. He did only have the one comedy suit before. Now he's got this one, where, where somebody's obviously said to him, you need to wear a waistcoat. So he looks like sort of some old grandiose from the Conservative Party. Well, it wouldn't be the Conservative Party for him, but, I mean, it's, that's what it looks like. And then these comedy glasses. What does I say? He does a programme in here every day. He's never worn glasses. I've never noticed it. You watch, somebody will, somebody will write to him now and go, Steve Allen says he's never seen you in glasses before. Where's it? Is it? I think what he's done is... Somebody said, oh, would you like to wear glasses? And he gone, oh, it's, it makes me look more interesting. It makes me look a bit older. And so they've sort of given him this, you know, sort of blue shirt. He's obviously been styled by somebody. Um, and, and they've let him wear D- Dimbleby's suit or something like that. They, they've done his hair because that's, that's a bit of a restoration job. And uh, it was all very... I didn't understand a word of it. But that always makes it mildly entertaining for me when I don't understand television programmes. It's like I could just about cope with question time. Anything more than that, and I'm useless. Absolutely useless. But there again, I, I think that's quite good to admit that you don't have an education. So, in other words, everything is, is an education for me. Everything. I mean, seriously. There is nothing that is, uh, that is not a, an education. Uh, 84850CJ says, Katie Price and Simon Cowell together. Yes, and then he sent her a text going, thank you, it was great. And you think, oh, please, God, no. 
please God, no. Uh, the Chase and Bradley Walsh. And uh, have you done Bradley? Yes, he did come in uh, to be done. I can't remember when it was. He did come in, actually. It turns out he's a listener, which is, uh, which is good. And uh, do you think the Chasers are so big? The Chasers. Oh, were the actual... But they're all fat. Oh, sorry, I see what you mean. Um, are they, yes, I think so, yes. Apart from the mean, skinny one, they're huge and massive. Well, because they spend a lot of time probably sitting down and, and sort of watching things, don't they? I, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, the eggheads are not. Oh, I can't bear the eggheads. Oh, the eggheads are dreadful. You've got Daphne, who's sort of retired now. And, uh, and then you've got... There was CJ Amui. Then he disappeared off for a little while, for reasons best known to himself. And, uh, and then you've got the one there. I can't remember his name, but he's sort of got glasses... And he's always the most miserable person under the sun. It's almost like, come on, liven up, for God's sake. Try and develop a personality. You know, make it more... I understand, you know, that you, you've got the bloke who's the... Is he the guard or the train driver or something like that? Years ago, it would have been people like Fred Housko, who, if ever I was having a dinner at LBC when Fred Housko worked here, I would position myself next to him because he would do all the talking for everybody because he knew everything. He could tell you everything about everything. And... Um, and sort of half the eggheads, they're just a bit smug with it, aren't they? There's a couple of real smug ones there. Oh, do you remember that David Harper bloke from the, uh, from the Antiques programme? The one who wears the funny coloured trousers and is a little bit patronising and smug. Well, anyway, he started following me on Friday. So I blocked him. <laughs> I don't want to be followed by somebody like that. What's the matter with these people? Don't they understand how it works? If you don't like somebody, don't follow me. Makes you look like a stalker. 84850, uk. Uh, I did read the papers on Saturday, and there was one story, and I can't now remember what the dickens it was, because I, I tried to whiz through the papers and see if I can find something that you could use on the Sunday programme. And the more you go through, the more you suddenly realise that there's a right load of old tosh in the papers on Saturday. It's not much better today. Really not much better today. I mean, this is sort of some nice, nice little bits and pieces, like uh, the wife of uh, Richard Keyes, who used to do, um, was it TVAM or GMT? Anyway, other one he did. But he's now got um, uh, pictures of emerged of him with a young lover he claimed to have dumped. Uh, Julia Keyes branded him a liar and told the son on Sunday this is not his first affair. Why is it people play their lives? I mean, I don't want to be rude about it. But why do people play their lives out in the press? I told the son on Sunday that he was a liar. So what? Listen, quite clearly he's getting here what he's not getting from you. That's why men, if, if men are getting everything at home, get my drift, they're not going to move anywhere. If they're not getting that, and all of a sudden, you know, women sort of say, oh, the love's gone out of our marriage. He's cheating. That's what they do. They cheat. They go elsewhere. Hello, darling. Are you married? No. And that's why people go off with them. Anyway, uh, Key's pup, I mean, he's actually an ex-Sky News anchor now. Wearing a very funny hat. I don't know what he's doing. Probably hoping not to be recognised. He's 59, and... Um, and this particular girl is is 28. Uh, they were staying in a £400-a-night hotel. Woo, my goodness me. Um, now, I don't really mind. If, they, you know, if somebody in a marriage, there'll be probably hundreds of you listening, where you probably think your partner's cheating on you. But you wouldn't dream of going to the newspapers. But some people want to play it out, don't they, in the newspapers. They want to sort of tell everybody, well, I give a stuff. I couldn't care less whether Richard Keyes cheats or he doesn't cheat or whether he's a liar, whether he's not a liar. Stuff up to me. That's how they, they conduct their lives. It's, it's got nothing to do with me. I, I really don't care. I really, I mean, I really don't care. Uh, Karen Brady, talking about red carpet season again. She says, um, uh, we're onlookers delight in queuing up to criticise the outfits that women wear. So I was very excited, she says, to be at the National Television Awards. But I had to laugh when Katie Price was accused of wearing too much uh, 
in this ghastly outfit. I mean, seriously, I don't know what she thought she was wearing, poor soul. And uh, she says, you know, it's very easy to criticise. Of course it is. It's what we do. We're British. British criticise. Hello, how are you? God, you're enough. Uh, you know, oh, that's a lovely outfit. God, have you seen anything so crap? You know, and Katie Price just looked ridiculous. But there again, nobody ever... She, she's a glamour model, apparently, from some years ago. And glamour models just take their clothes off. They're not meant to wear clothes. That's the whole idea. She should have just turned up in a little sort of bra and suspenders or something and people would have been happy. Don't bother wearing clothes, dear. You look ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what else do we have? I'd forgotten that Ant and Deck got their OBEs. I'd completely forgotten they were given them in the first place, which is lovely. And, uh, and so they went off. Of course, Prince Charles didn't have the fence. Which we, one are you? Ant? I don't know. Camilla and I used to watch the old programme. Very funny, very funny. Joey Essex. Hilarious, hilarious. And uh, which one are you again? Your aunt. Okay. And who, who, who's the other little friend? All right. Your boyfriends? Oh, straight. Good Lord. Unbelievable. <laughs> you can imagine, can't you? Uh, they tinkle. It's all over. A keeper has been sent off for peeing behind the goal. Plumber. Gary White took matters into his own hands after officials refused to stop the game so he could go to the toilet. Well, I mean, you can't do that, can you? You can't just wee behind a goalpost. Oh, look! Heavens above, who's that poor old soul? Oh, it's Heather Mills. And, um, she, uh, the camera caught her at the wrong moment at a bash in uh, in Austria. Have they got the faintest idea who she is? Listen, over here, you've got a, you're hard pushed to tell people who she is. Uh, it's Heather Mills. Who's she? That's the one whose autobiography is a bit of a joke. You know, even her own father said most of it was just made up. But there again, that's what people do nowadays, hoping that nobody realises that uh, that their stuff was made up. It's a bit like Callum Best's life, isn't it? What did you do, darling, after Dad died? Because he snubbed me. I just turned to drink and drugs. Really? Well, he never left you any money, so I don't know where you got the money from. Or has he been another one who's declared himself bankrupt? They do that all the time, don't they? I lose track of them. I seriously lose track. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a problem with somebody declaring bankruptcy, but I do, I do take objection if it turns out they've shoved Columbia up their nose and stuff like that. Uh, also, uh, the Diana Memorial. Our mother touched so many lives. The statue will reflect her life and legacy. Um, yeah. Well, let's face it, we have actually had stuff before, haven't we? We had the High Park Memorial, as they po- called it, the Skid Patch. Uh, then we had the uh, the little river that uh, that got so algied up that people were falling in it and banging their heads and all that kind of stuff. So William and Harry announced this poignant tribute. As I say, I, I could have understood it if there was mention of Prince Charles here. No mention of Prince Charles at all. Why? Because he hated her. He hated her. And so the uh, the Queen has, uh, has apparently said it's OK. Well, why would she have to approve it? What's it got to do with her? We're putting up a statue to our mum. I don't think you are. We are. We're doing it, Granny, all right? Philip, Philip. You can just see it, can't you, now? Oh, dear me. Uh, what else do we have in the paper? I'm trying to find something. Oh, here we go. The wife of the cheat sporting host to press Edward divorce. Why don't you shut up? Who cares? I've had enough, says Julia. Good. Well, you've had enough. Just get over yourself. God, you know the next thing? She'll be a celebrity and they'll put her on Celebrity Big Brother because she went out with somebody famous and was married to them. I mean, just shut up. Listen, if he was interested in staying with you, he'd have been with you, but he didn't. And I don't care. It's private. It's private. Keep stuff private. Keep your mouth zipped up. It'd be an awful lot better, but they don't. Oh, goodness me. And so here she is, the Alton Towers amputee. I mean, she's done everything, barring having live sex. I mean, it's just got to that desperate stage. So she's decided, she says, I'm bearing all as I'm proud of my body. No, you've got some illness, dear. It's, a, it's attention-seeking. That's what it is. Nobody wants to see you bared. I mean, they seriously don't. I know you might think that people do, but I promise you they don't. 
She said, I'm still a normal person. No, you're not, dear. You've got something wrong with you because you want to take all your clothes off and show people what an amputee looks like. We know what an amputee looks like. We're not stupid. But she's, uh, she says, I wanted to kill myself, but now I'm bearing all as I'm proud of my body. I'm proud of my body too, love chick. But I ain't taking my clothes off any time soon because I'm not an attention seeker. You know, it's, it's just gone a bit too far. It's just a little bit sad, and I'm quite sure tomorrow, I'm bet, in fact, I can probably bet tomorrow, there will be the columnist going, what is the matter with you? We're all proud of our body, unless you're really sort of one of those body dysmorphics where you hate every, every aspect of it. But nothing would persuade me to take my clothes off in front of a strange photographer that I don't know, unless there's something really the matter with you. I mean, what is the matter with you? Are you doing it to go, I'm really proud of myself? So people around the world can see... They don't know who you are. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every naughty Carol Decker. Having a spot of lunch with my pal Victoria Beckham and she <laughs> posted a picture of a twiglet, which was very naughty. I mean, you know she eats more than a twiglet. She could probably have two twiglets, I should imagine. Uh, 84850, uk. What? But yeah, honestly, seriously, why do people take the mickey out of Victoria Beckham? Because we can. Because we can. Because she's so, so thin. So, so painfully thin. You'd like to take her out, wouldn't you? Go, today we're having a kebab. Just to see what she... I'm going to be sick, Steve. going to be sick. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll like it, I promise you. Or failing that, we get a party barrel of Kentucky Fried Chicken. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Uh, Roger says, loving your Beckham impression. impression. So hilarious. I know. I quite like it. You know, Kathleen likes it too. In fact, actually, everybody seems to like it. Except probably David Beckham, who probably hasn't heard it and wouldn't understand it anyway. Uh, I met Kevin Ashman at Temple Mead Station. A nicer man, says Christian, you couldn't wish to meet. They just come over as smug. I can't help it. That's just the way that I feel about it. Um, because, they're, because they're all clever. So when they lose, you can see they're... Oh dear. And Daphne would always be tutting, you know, if, if they didn't get a question right. Very worrying. Uh, the top stories from the big awards night bash. Chelsea Healy. My God, there was a time when poor old Chelsea Healy featured in the papers. Then her bubble burst and nobody was remotely interested. She's yesterday's news. And in fact, now she doesn't even play glamorous parts. She plays mums. Oh, dear. It's all gone off the boil, hasn't it, darling? Aldi have launched budget Valentine's underwear. How nice. What, what says more? You love your, uh, your girlfriend more than cut price bra and knickers. Hello, darling. I love you enough to spend £7.89 on you. Oh, you so sweet talked me into bed. You really did. £7.89. And that's for bra and matching pants. They say blokes can afford to treat the love or loves of their lives. God in heaven. <laughs> Tell Richard Keyes. He can give it to all his. Scarde, that'd be good, innit? That'd be a cheap day out, wouldn't it? Cheap day out. I mean, would you seriously want to go? I bought you Aldi bra and pants for seven eighty nine. You're having some sort of laugh, aren't you? Sorry, you love me? What, for under eight quid? Get out. Get out. Can't see anybody. Want Lidl, apparently, are offering 100 roses for 25 quid. Uh, so February the 14th won't break the bank this year. So in other words, nothing says I love you so much as a cheap bit of flour. 25 quid for 100 stems. Won't be grown here, will they? Where will they come from? Abroad, I should imagine. Uh, Aldi's corporate buying managing director says... Our Valentine's Day laundry collection is set to rival other high-end retailers. There are some serious stylish additions. Well, for eight quid, mate, you're having some sort of laugh, aren't you? How little you think of your uh, customers. How little. Eight quid. Must be something better, isn't there? Wait a minute. Oh, God, look at this one. OK, at, at Aldi as well. They've got pink and black balconette bras. 
point in calling for them for balcony at bra? Is that like a small balcony where you just sort of rest them? But anyway, in sizes, wait for this one because oldie know their customers. 34B to 38D and the price, three ninety It's cheaper than rope. It's cheaper than rope. And the matching Brazilian style knickers are three ninety nine a pair in sizes eight to eighteen. So seven ninety eight, and you can sort of get your loved one. And uh, we're just having a quick look here. They're they're really nice, aren't they? And the uh, the origin of the balconet style bra, and uh, this is why so many women choose it. Uh, the trouble is, uh, the style of it is similar to a demi cup and a half cup bra, which is why some shoppers may have trouble telling the difference. In other words, most people who shop in Aldi. This guide serves to introduce the shopper to this versatile and appealing style of bra. And so it was It was originally seen in mainstream fashion in the 1950s. So it's really up to date. Several similar bras born, worn by women in other parts of the world prior to this time. These bras were often more revealing and either left part of the, um, the bit exposed or left the entire front of the breast exposed. Wait a minute, I'll just do this. Okay, anybody listening in like Geordie Shaw or like Love Island or like The Only Way is Essex, got a cheap bit of kit for you to shove your old moolies in. All right, happy with that one? They'll be out there straight away. The first bra was modelled by Marilyn Monroe. So then you you could tell people, can't you, when you go to Sugar Hut, yeah, like Marilyn Monroe wore this. That'd be Gemma Collins, Paul. I don't think they do her size, do they? That really would be a hammock. I don't think we'd have anything smaller than a hammock. But uh, it's so nice. Uh, The reason it was Marilyn Monroe is because it sort of made you, you... Breasts look as though they were sticking out in front of you. It was like the John Paul Gaultier bra, wasn't it? I think, which was that conical thing that, bless her heart, little little Kylie Minogue put on. We all had a little laugh, didn't we? It was all right for sort of Madonna. When Kylie Minogue put it on, you thought the poor little soul weren't made to stand up. She'd be sort of attempting to stand up and then, whoops, <laughs> pinning herself to the ground again. So, so, so there are benefits of a balconette bra. Uh, and it says it's, the, it's the, the versatility of how the breasts appear in the bra. I kind of worry about that in the morning. Don't you worry about that, girls and boys? You stand in front of the mirror and you think, how do they look today? I don't know. Do they look... I don't know. Perhaps I should really go and get a balconette bra. I don't want to miss out. You know, if somebody's telling me I can look better out on the street, I'm going to look better on the street. I'm more worried that people look at me and go, he's not wearing a balconette bra. And I want one now. And they come in a variety of colours, patterns and fabrics. And apparently, additionally, the cut of the bra is flattering for the breasts. You don't see many bra adverts on the television, do you now? You used to see them all the time. And Playtex girdles, you know, fingertip panels, because you're fat. That's why. That's what they were there for. So, uh, nice thing to have, isn't it, I suppose? I never thought we'd be sitting here on a Sunday morning at 20 to 6 talking about balconette bras, for goodness sake. Very worrying, Stephen. Very, very worrying. Uh, what else we got here? This is the pregnant girlfriend of the vanished airman. This is the, um, the uh, girlfriend of Corrie McKeague has poured out her anguish. She says, uh, I miss him every second of the day. Of course you do. You've got nobody to go uh, to these clubs with. That's what they do, isn't it? They go to these clubs. He's obviously been around the block a few times. I'm guessing that he he's probably bisexual. And um, she says, I don't care what's happened. I just want you home. He's been. This is the man missing since September. I mean, we're not talking about like it was last week. We're talking about September. I fear the worst. I fear the worst. I just don't understand how somebody can vanish that that way, although we've said before about Madeleine McCann, haven't we? But uh, his mother, a police uh, officer, claims the police search has not been thorough enough. Well, what, what more do you expect him to do, dear? I mean, there, you know, there was a hundred people out looking for him the other day in these dogging woods where these people go. So we're obviously accepting the fact that he just went out and had sex with loads of strangers. Now, whether or not he came up against a stranger that he didn't want to, we don't know. 
because we have no idea. The loneliness says his girlfriend kills me. I can well imagine. Probably the same for his mother. Probably the same for his mother as well. But we we do not know. That's that's the the worrying thing, isn't it? We have no idea. Well, he just vanished into thin air. He disappeared, and uh, and we don't know where he's where he's gone to, which is very disturbing. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Robert's in a place called Honeybourne in Worcestershire. God, that sounds ghastly. Honeybourne. Who can live in a place like that? Honeybourne, I ask you. Uh, 84850. Uh, Robert says, I'm only an A cup. So that rules me out for an Aldi Valentine's. Certainly does. £7.80. Do they not realise that the whole idea about Valentine's Day is, Day is that people think you've spent money on them? So a nice box of chocolate liqueurs or champagne truffles. Not a cheap bra and knicker set. I mean, that's not romantic. What's romantic about that? You can imagine all these women out there who appear on the Jeremy Carr show going, why have they got it in my size? Because they don't make it for lardies. It's not for you. It's for the people that model the stuff. So every time you say, I mean, how have you ever... Um, I, seriously, I've been in old... Well, I've walked past... Well, I've seen a picture of it. Uh, Aldi. And I've never seen anybody who looks like the people that advertise their stuff shopping in there. It appears to be completely different. I went to um, Argos the other day. There's a woman sitting next to me. She must have been, I would think, in her late 50s. What's she wearing? Leopard print Wellingtons. Leopard print sort of thick combination tights, reinforced gusset, and, and an over sort of shirt thing in leopard print. It was just... I felt like saying to her, did you get dressed in the dark? Or, you know, or have you been on the Jeremy Kyle show and this is what you think is a nice outfit? It was horrible. It was really so ghastly and so dreadful. It was almost as bad as the, uh, as the family with the three noisy children in uh, that uh, Jamie Oliver's Trattoria uh, down in Richmond. Almost as bad as that, although, to be honest with you, screaming children can never take away the pleasure of eating a pizza or something like that. Uh, Furious police are saying, send drivers using phones on a course. No, let's not. Let's take the car away from them and the licence. I'm sorry, if you're caught using your phone at the wheel, you lose your car and you lose your licence for two years. That'll keep the roads down, won't it? That'll stop these people. There'll be, uh, you know, people, there'll be loads of jobs then. Loads of jobs, because most of these people, you can actually uh, sort of claim are delivery drivers. So you could actually sort of take away the, the job and then give it to somebody who actually cares about people being on the roads. That's what worries me. I, I, don't, I don't like to think that somebody's out on the road on their phone, not concentrating. Mind you, I think it's exactly the same for people eating food, people smoking cigarettes, uh, people map reading, people writing something down, people texting. All these people should be off the road. It's as simple as that. You're on the road, you give it your undivided concentration. It's the only way to do it. 84850steve.lbc.co.uk. There was one story, what was it here? Oh, yes, it, it, it actually was the, uh, the Jeremy Kyle finding love with his kid's nanny. As I say, he's, uh, he's 51, she's 35. What was it about the very rich Jeremy Kyle that first attracted you, darling, that didn't some years ago? Uh, the wife of Richard Keyes, I want a divorce. Well, go and get a divorce. Just don't bore the rest of us with your dreary life. I couldn't care less. I don't want to care. I seriously don't want to. It's nothing to do with me. Even if it was in my family, I wouldn't be caring about it. Um, what's that a picture of? Oh, it's, um, it's a picture of James Corden. And uh, who's he got? Mark Owen, Howard Donald in Los Angeles, and uh, Gary Exciting Barlow. Yep, he's all there. Uh, who we got here? My Perfect Sunday by Sarah Alto. No, I was none the wiser. Apparently she was a runner-up in X Factor. They've got so so desperate for this column, they're now having to do runner-ups in a, in a competition. Oh, look, there's Jeremy Kyle in pink shorts on a beach with his uh, wife. 
and um, and the children and the nanny. It's always the nanny, isn't it? Always the nanny. So, uh, you know, that was good. And uh, the Roonies set to head east for £140 million. Goodbye. See ya. Thank goodness for that. They'll never understand her, really. And Wills and Harry to build a Diana statue. They're not building anything at all. Don't be silly. They're Wills and Harry. They don't have any talent. They're just Wills and Harry. You know, they smile and they wear sort of, you know, freebie hats and all the rest of it. What did I see the other day? Oh, I was watching something. You know, the BBC have, have, have what they called advertising on there. There's lots of advertising on the BBC, but it's, it's subtle. So, in other words, it's product placement. And they were doing the bowls. The world's most boring, boring thing ever, where elderly fat people try and throw a ball down a thing. Anyway, at one point, they're interviewing. I'm sure it was bowls, pretty certain. They're interviewing some guy. And in the middle is the promo for the company that's obviously sponsored it on the BBC. It said Potter's Holidays. And I thought, that's free advertising. That shouldn't be allowed on there. That's an outrage. Is a producer on a backhander? How does that work? What are you doing that for? What, you mean to say the BBC have got sponsorship? I didn't think they were allowed sponsorship. Very naughty. It stood out like a sore thumb, but there again, there's so many people on backhanders there. It's just awful. It's, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Uh, plus, the most gentlemanly of gentlemen, John Hurt. 77. Everybody's come out and said, what a nice man. Did I interview him? No, I didn't. I wish I had done. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. The jump soon arrives on television. That's full of a load of non-entities that you've either never heard of or couldn't really care less. And so they've got pictures of them. Here we go. Try and work out which ones you've heard of. This is apparently the celebrity version. OK, Gareth Thomas. Gay rugby player. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Caprice. God, I didn't even know she was still around. I thought she disappeared back to Australia ages ago. Jade Jones. No. Lydia Bright. That's that poor old sap, isn't it? Who's as thick as a brick from uh, from Towie. He went out with Arge, then finished with Arge, then went out with Arge, then finished with Arge, then finished with Arge, and then slept with him. <laughs> Dimbo. Uh, Kadena Cox. No. Spencer Matthews. Oh, that's the old steroid boy, isn't it? That's the one who bedded half of Chelsea, and we all went, what a fool he turned out to be. So Bradley Wiggins. What he's doing on there, I've got no idea. Vogue Williams. Vogue Williams. No. Might have been going out with Brian McFadden or something like that. Robbie Fowler, footballer, I think. Desperately in need of the money. Mark Dolan, very tall man. Lewis Smith, maker of dirty porno videos, which he puts on the internet. Emma Parker Bowles, <laughs> claim to fame, what, dear, do tell us. Josie Gibson, <laughs> no. And uh, Jason Robinson, no idea. Not a clue. There you go. And that's the celebrity version. You can only imagine that the ordinary version must be even worse. Even worse. Uh, where was this? I was trying to find this piece earlier on because it was so funny. It was that uh, they always give sort of a column to sort of some some person who you're not really sure of who they are, but we, we always read it anyway, don't we? Because I like things like that. I like reading people's columns just to see what they've said and to try and work out whether you think they've actually done it. Um, at the Daily Star, we got an interview with the uh, well-known has-been, poor old Callum Best with the funniest hair going. What have you got on your head, dear? Is it stapled on or glued? Or what is it? We don't know. Dad's lie hurt me. I drank, snorted and had sex all the way through everything. What a talentless little nobody you must be. Uh, Speedy's vow of silence. Speedy, this is two has-been Americans that you won't know, have vowed to snub Kim Woodburn for life. Oh, what a blessing that would be. What a blessing. The thought that you two know Marks 
are going to snub somebody for the rest of your life. I should imagine she's whooping with delight and opening the Astis Pumanti, even as I sit here. Heidi said the house was so tense it was hard to bear it all at the end. Yeah, well, we don't want American drips over here, darling. Why don't you go back where you came from? Uh, Speedy clashed with Kim and her antics and made her one of the most hated contestants, but she's the only one pulling the audience. Nobody's interested. That's why you were kicked out, darlings. Not realise she's beating you. She's beating you. And they actually tried to be clever, but, you know, a fat American and a bimbo wife really don't do it for me at all. Uh, But apparently, despite this, Speedy backed their new pals Jedward to snatch victory on Friday. There's something the matter with them. How have they passed any of these tests in there? They're not normal. 25 years old, jumping up and down. Shouldn't somebody be saying to them, why do you have baths together? Isn't that somewhat odd? Don't you think so? Anyway, uh, meanwhile... Heidi insisted Jamie's romance with Bianca, with Bianca Gascoigne is genuine. Well, she's got a boyfriend on the outside. Not for much longer, I fear. Not for much longer. I believe there's currently negotiations to talk about how hurt he feels at some bimbo who works as a receptionist on a strip club. No talent, no money. Uh, cheated with a footballer with no money either. You wait till she discovers he's got no money. He only went in there because he's got no money at all. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. You have to try and sort of, you know, get some money together. But uh, but he can't. He can't do it. Uh, who's this? Danny Cipriani has uh, snubbed numerous big bucks offers. Wasn't it um, um, Kelly Brook who called him Danny Cipollata, I believe, for reasons best known to herself. But apparently um, he's, he's dated lots of people. Kelly Brook, Katie Price, Jasmine Waltz and Lindy Lohan. My God, not exactly the Mensa class, is it? Not exactly the Mensa class. But, uh, you know, sweet for him, I suppose. Sweet for him. What have we got here? Russell Kane, Sean Watson, Mike Wilmot and Tony Allen lined up for a comedy night. I wish I'd heard of them. I'm so sorry. I haven't heard of any of those people. Uh, Britain's killer potholes. They're all over the place. And uh, councils don't bother doing it. So there are people who make a living out of suing them. There's also a picture in the Daily Star today of a key. Unfortunately, it houses uh, a flick knife. So it looks like a key. And in fact, if you saw it, you go, it just looks like a key, but it's, uh, it's a flick knife, not so good. And also the scandal of the 13,000 captive workers, slaves, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, in the UK, living like animals, they're working for, for crime gangs. And the crime gangs appear to live in caravans. And here they all are. Uh, one here, Mark Ovenden, says, I was a prisoner. I saw them attack people and threaten people's lives. Dreadful, isn't it? The modern British slave trade. Nasty, nasty people. Nasty people. Uh, Gary Bushell talking about what a waste. The lesser-spotted 764 to barking, causing chaos in Albert Square, ploughing into the market. The poor driver had a heart attack, but still managed to steer his double-decker down Turpin Road around two corners and a bend to smash, smash into Bridge Street. What a tragedy. And what a wasted opportunity. Nobody we knew died. With a bit more uh, effort, he could have taken out Babe, Stephen, Ben, New, Michelle... He said, I'd have brought Lucy back um, to life just to kill her again. So there you go. But, uh, and then people were complaining about it, weren't they? They were saying, oh, it, it mirrored uh, the Christmas market crash, which, of course, it didn't. They're just stupid people. It was nothing like it at all. That was a, that was a lorry. And it was a terrorist. This was a man who had a heart attack at the wheel. Com- something completely different. Ooh, tacky, tacky. Who are these? Uh, Harriet Harper and Nicole Bass. Who? Nobody's. Nobody's birds with sort of tattoos and the best that they, they can do is probably sort of go on to a programme like that uh, Love Island. And that's what they think is being a celebrity nowadays. It's embarrassing because you end up nowhere. 
absolutely end up nowhere. Sam Quek still desperately trying to draw attention to herself in any way, shape or form, but it's not really working, dear. They're not, they're not biting, are they? They're not going for you in any big way at all. Where's that? That looks quite nice. It's uh, art residences. They're looking at hotels around the country, and you can get some really good deals. Uh, ones to watch, dreary old has-been, Callum Best in therapy. And uh, this is the third episode, and he's on The Psychiatrist. He's 35, and he wants to shed his playboy image. Unfortunately, you've done nothing in the Big Brother house to shed anything at all, dear, apart from what little talent you must have had in the first place. Uh, looking forward to Desert Island Disc tomorrow with Beckham. I've already told you what's on it. I've already told, I've done the rundown of the programme. He's got such flack for, for seeming thick, and I got very cross indeed. He's got God-given extraordinary talent. Why expect him to be in Mensa? Now, that really is about the dumbest email I think I've ever read out. He could be that stupid. So, he is thick. What are you talking about? That's why she speaks for him. He very rarely is allowed to speak for himself. And what, what is this extraordinary talent? He was a footballer years ago. That's finished. Oh, modelling pants. Right. And modelling whiskey. Oh, right. That's what, oh, right. OK. You don't have to be immense to be a footballer. In fact, 99% of footballers are as thick as two short planks. They can't help it. It's not their fault. That's just the way they are. Can't do anything about it. But, I mean, David Beckham, everybody was going, why David Beckham? He's got nothing to offer. Nothing to offer Desert Island Discs at all, apart from talking, you know, about... I mean, some of the music he chose was hilarious. Hilarious. Dean the Greek says Aldi are doing a special on Valentine's belts just for Jodie Marsh. Well, she's not still around, is she? Jodie Marsh. Good, I thought that career finished years ago. Poor old Jodie Marsh, honestly. She tried desperately. Uh, Fury... As the police say, said drivers using phones on a course. This is um, in the uh, mail on Sunday today. And I say no, take away the cars and crush them. And uh, a flawed human being, Rory McGrath. So the wife has sold her story. He's not a monster. He's a flawed human being. And she says the most hurtful thing about it all was not the sex, but that he was in love with her. Yeah. And that's why he left you sitting at home like a prune. You know, and so she's done damage limitation. She's gone to the papers. Whereas if I'm not interested in what she's got to say, I'd be more interested in what Rory's got to say. Because he obviously went off the boil. He was convicted of stalking and terrifying his former mistress. Yet his wife tells why she's standing by him. Because better to be Mrs. Rory McGrath than Mrs. Who? That's how it works, isn't it? It's like people who, you know, cheated on by their MPs who are their husbands. And the fact better to be Mrs. So-and-so as opposed to nobody at all. Pauline says, how's the watch? Lovely, still working. Thank you very much indeed. Still working. Uh, also, also um, here, um, bum, 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 um, trying it on. A third of young online shoppers sent back worn clothes. Of course they do. They order it and they buy it from all these different companies, Very and all these other things online. And then they wear it and then they put it back and send it back to them. <laughs> and I think they know that. It's like people who've actually um, bought stuff from Arts and Spencers and take it back. I'm always amazed when people take back a big sack of clothes um, and they go, oh, this, this didn't fit and I didn't like this. And they go, well, I can't give you money back. I can give you a credit note. I'm not going to give you money back. Oh, it, it was bought, bought as a present. Yeah, right. I did, what, what did I watch the other day, which I loved? Oh, it's that border America, Australia, where they turn people away, mainly because they're obviously going to Australia to work as hookers. And, uh, and they then find out they've got little things in saying, you know, beautiful model, blah, blah, blah. Why have you got this? They said to one transsexual Malaysian uh, woman, and she said, oh, for my friends. And they go, we don't believe you. So they cancelled her visa. But uh, unlike here, where we sort of leave somebody to disappear into the country, if you just like to pop back to the airport, in Australia, are held in detention and sent back the following day. They don't mess around at all. 
News at six is approaching very uh, fast. Uh, coming up the other side of the news, the Queen approving of the statue of Diana. As I say, 20 years too blooming late as far as I'm concerned. Uh, David Beckham, my marriage mistakes. I mean, I shouldn't imagine he's alone in that one. The actress who played Perry Mason's secretary has died aged 94. Gail Porter talking about she was so broke she slept on park benches. I mean, she must have friends. I mean, surely. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe, writes to the Queen like she's going to be retiring any time soon. Dear Yorkshire Ripper, doesn't happen, does it? Chris Tarrant says the stroke left me terrified of flying. Uh, the latest weapon in the gang fight, it's a key which becomes a dangerous weapon. Uh, Jeremy Kyle finds love with his kid's nanny and um, don't call pregnant patients mothers, says the NHS. It's insulting. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning, 29th of January. Not so cold today as it has been, which is good news. A little bit of rain around, but nothing too much to worry about. So don't call pregnant patients mothers, says the NHS doctors. It's insulting to transgenders. God, we really have turned into some mamby-pamby country, haven't we? Where you can't, you can't say anything now without offending somebody. You're fat. Ooh, we'll go on a diet. You know, you're too thin. Ooh. You've got no hair. Ah! You're David Beckham. Oh, well, anyway. um, what else we got? Uh, poor old Joan Collins' ceiling has dropped in. She was away at the time, luckily. Uh, the latest celebrity pet is sausage cats. So they're sort of cats but elongated. I hate it when I see people carrying dogs. It's the only thing that really drives me mad. Well, actually, it's not the only thing that drives me mad. There's quite a number of things that drive me mad. Uh, Wayne Rooney's set to head east. Bye, see ya. Thank God for that. I got rid of him and, uh, and the wife and the family. Uh, he's going to become very rich. Who cares? I could see. I love the way they tell you that, as if you're supposed to be jealous of somebody who's got lots and lots of money. I don't think it's uh, right. Uh, Donny Osmond tempted to cheat on his wife. He's uh, he's had Botox. He's had a, he wouldn't admit to having cosmetic surgery, but he's had Botox. And why not? Oh, and he uses hair dye. Loads of people use hair dye. Uh, also today, tragedy is the Grand National winner dies after the race. And this is Many Clouds, who collapsed and died moments after triumphing in a close-run contest. He was a ten-year-old. I feel so... I mean, I'm not sure whether or not we should still have horse racing. I'm really not sure if we should have horse racing anymore. You know, but put it, you know we, we've had people protesting about circuses. We've had people protesting about, you know, people training animals. And yet there's loads of trained animals in this country. Everybody trains animals. People train dogs. Can't really train cats, as we've said before, you know, the... Uh, the cat kind of owns you, and it's certainly got no intention. Well, um, apart from Arthur, the television cat, and he was trained to eat the cat food with his paw. He was trained to put his paw into the cat food and lick it off his paw, which we thought was quite clever. I bet there was loads of other people who tried after that one to see whether or not they could get their cat to uh, to eat cat food like that. It doesn't quite... You have to start from an early age, I think. Uh, plus, TV's steamiest drama, Stripped Bear, Apple Tree Yard, gripped by the BBC's new thriller... Kate Hind reveals the real tales behind it and the truth behind that broom cupboard. I mean, seriously, do I give a stuff? I seriously don't give a stuff. I'm not remotely bothered by sort of Apple Tree Yard or whatever it's called. TV's steamiest drama. Who wants a steamy drama? Why can't we just have a drama? As opposed to a steamy... It's got to be a steamy drama. Looking at the picture of these uh, sausage cats, uh, uh, vets have warned that uh, it's cruel. They just look wrong. They just—they—they've got a munchkin Bengal, and then they've got a munchkin Siamese. They don't look normal. These cats don't start tinkering around with uh, with nature. It's not—it's uh, not right. It's not good. 
and uh, and I find it quite upsetting. Uh, dumped by her husband, status quo rocker Rick Parfit, Lindsay forgave all to care for him in his dying days. Now she's found he left her nothing and uh, and had been getting oh so intimate with another of his ex-wives. My bitter status blow. And she says, I, I find myself worrying about how I'm going to look after my children. Well, there is that problem, isn't there? The roof over the children's heads could be taken away. Addiction changed him. The light had gone out in his eyes. But that's, you know, nobody expects to die, do they? That's the, that's the, the strange thing about it. So because he'd been uh, fairly sort of putting it about in a number of places, you just get, you can't trust somebody like that. He's, you know, he's a rocker. He's just, I mean, I always think it's, it's bad for a lot of rockers to actually have children make it an awful lot easier to uh, to not have children. But now she's left in that position where, what does she do? Unless she's got memorabilia that she can sell, she ends up with, with nothing at all. But, um, at the funeral, the three wives looked to have presented a united front, but in reality, there was a frosty reception for Lindsay. Then came the devastating news she'd been left destitute. After he died, she got a letter from Rick's lawyer saying that there was no money and that Rick's share of the house would need to be split between his four children, including his two older sons, from his previous relationship. Yet in 2009, the couple had drawn up a will which left everything to each other. Lindsay is understandably suspicious. And uh, she says here, there are some who might have sensed he was dying. A lot of money went into his private health insurance and medical bills. Makes me angry now to think in 2015 he wanted, uh, wasted 135000 on a Porsche. I'm hoping the brothers will understand and we can come to some sort of understanding. For no matter what my stepson's feelings are towards me, I hope they'll understand the children need a sense of stability after losing their father. Surely they're owed that much. She's absolutely right. You know, he's got children here. and um, But the trouble is, he's dead, isn't he? And one, I told you, once it involves money, oh dear me, people become bitter, families get split up, people don't talk to each other, all over money. Remember Michael Landon? Little house on the prairie left 60 million. I think 10 million to each of his children and 20 million to his wife. And the kids contested the will. They contested to get more. The greed. It really is. It's, it's, it's almost embarrassing. But again, it's nothing to do with us, what, what people do with their lives. That's why I say make a will. Sometimes it works. But just remember, you know, if you think you're going to be ill, update it. Because otherwise you're going to end up giving your money to the wrong people. I mean, I don't know what to do with my £70 million. I don't know whether to split it between the the home for sort of wayward hamsters in Peru uh, or sort of... I can't think of anything else, actually, off the top of my head. (laughs) Oh, dear me. Dear me, dear me, dear me. Uh, The hounding of Ted Heath. Uh, The farce continues as the bill for the police inquiry hits just under a million pounds. A 17-strong squad questions the editors over 70s cartoons. Officers quit his quizzes ex-aides in naive fishing expedition and um, they said people joked about Edward Heath's sexuality 40 years ago absolutely I can remember yes police even visited Ian Hislop to ask what he knew about the former prime minister despite the journalists being a teenager during the period under investigation the chief constable, Mike Veal, has apologised to MPs and peers for the operation being launched in front of the cameras outside Heath's former house and um, there were lots of unmarried Heath had been jokingly dubbed Sailor Ted in a reference to rumours that he was gay. Because I was always I always thought he was gay. He was always surrounded by uh, fey young men and he liked sailing. 
and he liked, you know, he seemed to like the finer things in life. His house is next to Salisbury Cathedral in uh, Cathedral Close. And, but, and to be honest with you, in the early days, the fact somebody was gay was a bit of a novelty. Nowadays, it's almost boring, isn't it? I'd have been more interested had he been trans. That would have been far more exciting. But to, but to say somebody, you know, is gay nowadays, they go, no kidding. You know, nobody cares about it. But um, uh, it did all look very gay. He had, a, he had a dislike of women. He was very rude if he was sat next to women at lunch parties. And um, and so they've sort of they've continued this thing here. Wiltshire Police said the cost of Operation Conifer had reached uh, eight hundred eighty three thousand pounds. There are now seven officers and 10 civilian staff working on it. Two people remain in police bail after being arrested, but it's not known if they had any connection to Edward. Heath. So what if he was gay? I mean, does it, are we seriously saying in this day and age we've got so many things to worry? By God, you've got Donald Trump to worry about. And you're wondering whether or not a former PM was gay. For goodness sake. You had that bloke saying that he was a sadistic murderer. Do you remember that one that the police seemed to take seriously? And we all went, oh, grow up, for God's sake. I mean, sometimes, I understand what the police have to do, but by God, surely they can use some, some sort of uh, brain cell somewhere deep in the organisation. Uh, Brian says, listening from a hot, sunny Thailand, we do not want to hear about it. I'm not remote. Listen, it's hot and sunny here, all right? We've got exactly the same weather that you have. <laughs> Too hot for me to work in the studio. I can't tell you how boiling hot it is here today. That's the way it works. Uh, Trump's block on the refugees has now become a little bit unstuck. What, what happens next? I don't know. I don't know. Because as Stig Abel pointed out the other day, he said he seems to have blocked all these countries from having access, except Saudi Arabia, from where I think the majority of these uh, bombers seem to come from. And yet Saudi Arabia, he appears to have just sort of left alone. But as anybody will tell you, as anybody will, will, will tell you, if you're, if you're sort of blocking out people because you think that they're members of ISIS, they'll just go to even more lengths to get in, and you'll probably find they're already in the country anyway. Oh, dear. 84850, uk, And uh, another one here. I'm trying to get through as many of your uh, texts and emails and all the rest of it. Tom says, save the hamsters. Oh, I loved hamsters. You know the one thing you've got to do with hamsters, though? You've got to play with them all the time. Because otherwise, if you sort of have a cam- hamster in a cage, and most people just peer at it through the bars, and it goes on its wheel, and we go, oh, isn't it cute? When you go to put your hand in there, it's going to bite you. So what you've got to do is you've got to play with them. From the moment you get a hamster, you've got to play with it, put it on your hand, and so it gets used to being with you, and it gets used to your smell and everything else. I only say that because I'm a hamster expert. Well, I say a ham- I'm not really a hamster expert, quite clearly, but, uh, but that's, that's what somebody said to me. They said, you have to play with a hamster, and so it, it gets to like you. And ours was lovely. Ours, I mean, ours was great, our hamster. We loved our hamster, Judy. Not exactly the, the name for a hamster, is it, really? Uh, I'll throw away the keys, the... Oh, God, boring, boring, boring. Fury over Trump block on refugees. And uh, I don't know what his... Uh, you know, it's like building the wall, isn't it, for Mexico? They will be paying for it, and people are going, oh, well, maybe not. And they're going, yeah, you will pay for it. He's obviously one of these people, because he's in business, he's used to saying, this will happen. It's like bullies. Bullies will say, I want to do this. And somebody will say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, you'll do it. And they go, I'm not doing that. And they go, well, I'm going to make sure you do it. It's as simple as that. And that's what he's like, I think. That's what he's like. I think he will sort of not be used to anybody ever saying no to him. So somebody said, it's like, it's like Prince Charles. You know, somebody says, you can't do that. I'm doing it. Because he's Prince Charles. It's like Prince Charles tells a silly little joke. And people go, oh, so funny, sir, so funny. And everybody else is going, that's the rubbishest joke I've ever heard in my entire life. 
You know, so uh, I think that's what Trump's going to be like, only in a far more dangerous way, in a far more dangerous way. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Your revision soon? Then, seriously, is anybody bothered? What's the point? We're not going to win it. Why? We, who's going to vote for us? Nobody's going to vote for us. They don't like us. They don't like us. Nobody's going to vote for us. We, we, we lost it years ago. Talking of losing things, Bobby Davros lost the love of his life. Not surprising. <laughs> Very irritating person. Very irritating. Uh, the airman who's disappeared. That's, he's just not going to be found, is he? Unless he's going to turn up with a full-length beard and all the rest of it. And we're all going to go, good heavens above, we've been missing you for ages and ages. And he's going to go, well, I was only around the corner. Like it was sort of, I don't, I don't think that's going to have a happy ending at all. I'm quite worried about it. Quite worried about it. I think what he's done is he's got into somebody's car. And uh, I think uh, something, something awful has happened. Oh, look, no work. So Christina Rianoff, um, they say here she appears to be giving her rugby uh, hero, Ben Cohen, a big hint by posing in a bridal white lingerie. No, she just hasn't got any other work to do. So somebody said, do you want to get your kit off? And she's gone, yeah, all right, I'll do that. And that'll show him what he's missing. Well, he's going to be paying for the rest of his life for that kid, isn't he? So very unwise. Of course, she was desperate to get pregnant desperate to get pregnant and of course some of the others had seen through and went no we're not going to go down that route uh price secret liaison with the x-factor supremo and so there's katie price you just can't have a conversation with her she's not bright enough to have a conversation and um and so she's uh she's this is according to leandro penner who was about the prettiest one of her men that she picked up nowadays of course i mean she's a sad sad reflection i don't know why these stories hit the papers because it surely doesn't do the latest marriage any good at all but you know it's the way it goes isn't it really okay quick time check i know you worry i know you worry on a sunday morning uh jack says that rick parfit now seems a nasty man i don't think so i seriously i interviewed them on a couple of occasions and um no he was never fit they were they both joked about each other because they spent so much time in each other's pockets so uh, I think you're wrong on that one. I think you're way out of line on that one. And he wasn't nasty. He just had lots of girlfriends, which turned into wives. And, and then he just didn't update everything because I shouldn't imagine even he thought he was going to drop dead. People don't, do they? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice of your company. 6.20 is the time. Apparently, Celebrity Big Brother. They can't find any celebrities. They really can't. Do you know what they find now? The latest one, apparently. They want glamour girl Rianne Sugden to spill the beans on Vernon Kay's sex tech scandal. That's how scuzzy the whole thing has become. That's how desperate they are to get somebody on there. So some old tart texts with a man who's married on the television and she becomes a celebrity. Poor creature, honestly. Uh, Tess Daly was rocked by the fact that uh, Vernon was texting Rianne. He seems really pleasant, honestly. You know, he sort of he said nothing about it. They've carried on going about their normal life. Can't be easy, I should imagine. Whereas poor old Rianne, desperado to the last, spent three weeks in the Big Brother house but clashed with Jasmine Leonard over former flame Russell Brand. I mean, really, honestly. It is like old alley cats, isn't it? And uh, Celebrity Big Brother, they say uh, they were hoping that she will spill the beans on it. Well, that's all she's got in her life, isn't it? Why else has she got? Nothing. That's, that's I mean, it's almost, it's, it's just, it's about as bad as it could get. You know, what do you do for a living, darling? I slept with somebody. Oh, right. OK, well, what, what, what are you famous for, darling? I sent text to Vernon Kay. Oh, God, that's it, is it, really? Blimey. That's, I mean, it's really sad, isn't it? I think, it's, I think it's really pathetic, really pathetic. But, you know, that's just my opinion, and I like to have an opinion on certain things. I mean, I shouldn't imagine there's anybody holds her up with any sort of high regard. 
I don't think so, anyway. Uh, the Rune is uh, heading off east. Fantastic. Bye. See you. Go, go, go. I'll drive you to the airport if necessary. Uh, Wills and Harry to build that Diana statue uh, in Kensington Palace Gardens. Um, as I say, 20 years too late, as far as I'm concerned, but they've decided to do it. And here's a little picture of J.K. J.K. was in a little group called Jamiroquai, and he was about two foot tall. And uh, he, he's taken his Ferrari out in where? I can't remember. It could be Paris or something like that. And what he's done, he's sort of stood back from it while people take pictures of it. He's quite clearly on some sort of sad ego trip. I remember when it, one, one of his flashy cars years ago uh, broke down. And the press were taking pictures of it. He lost his temper, <laughs> lashed out, which we thought was funny. But uh, people were taking pictures of this of this car, mainly because it's in a lurid green. And um, he's uh, oh, he's got an eighth studio album. Obviously not bothered touring. He's, he was sort of a little bit... He used to wear funny hats and everything else. He was always slightly peculiar. I think he went out with Denise Van Outen. I'm pretty certain. Uh, Ed Sheeran has admitted he took a, a year off because his fans needed a break from him. Yeah, I would think that would be a fair fair thing to do. Otherwise, you don't want people to sort of... People sort of get a bit bored with you. That that would be terrible, wouldn't it, really, for somebody to get bored with you. Anybody aware of who um, of who um, Victoria Yates is? No, no, I didn't. And yet, for some reason, they've asked her uh, what, what television she watches. Well, I've never even heard of her. Why would you ask somebody we've never heard of? It turns out she's in Call the Midwife. She plays Sister Winifred. Well, it, very nice, but I was, I, mind you, it probably doesn't help because I don't watch Call the Midwife and I, so I wouldn't know who Sister Winifred was, even though I think it's quite a funny name. The, the funniest columnist is Sarah Khan. This is the peculiar one off the television, uh, occasionally. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, I have to read this one here because she's, it's almost, it's almost simpleton. She says, I did miss my friend Colleen Nolan this week. While I was dressed to the nines and partying with the loose women at the National Television Awards, poor Colleen was still in the devil's playground known as the Celebrity Big Brother House. But at least that means she's still in with a chance of winning. The reason she's in there, Sarah, dear, we'll only explain this to you once. Money. She's, only in, she's not in there for anything else. She can't save her marriage. I think she's probably killed that one stone dead. <coughs> and Sarah Khan says, you know, I miss my friend Colleen Nolan. They're so, such fair weather friends, all these people. She's my best friend. Is she really, darling? I wonder actually if Colleen Nolan had a party, whether she'd be inviting Sarah Khan there. Sarah, attention seeking Khan. Look at me, look at me, look at me. It's the Jeremy Carl show all over again, isn't it? And as I say, poor old Colleen's made no effort whatsoever. Even Spidey. Spider, whatever they're called, from the Big Brother house who were kicked out because they were dreary. They admitted she spends most of her time crying. You know, it's that's the way that's the way her life is. It's all she's not the clever person that people think she is. She's just weak and she's done nothing to try and save her marriage. And that's what I was hoping she would have done when she was in there. I was hoping secretly that she would have sort of gone into the Big Brother house and made, you know, to do something. Uh, you know, it, it's a simple it's a simple matter. Go in there, try and lose weight, try and make something of yourself, prove that you're really it, as opposed to just sitting there stinking like a filthy old ashtray. You know, I just don't think it. I don't think it's it's the way forward. And then discussing your marriage in front of a load of people you don't even know. That's what's so pathetic about it. Oh, the good I uh, the good news is uh, party of the week was the uh, NTA awards where the good, the great. And the completely talentless turn up in some wholly inappropriate frocks, which is nice. Stephen Bear, nobody knows who he is, so I better tell you, he was um, he was the former Celebrity Big Brother winner. But as I say, who he is, I've got no idea. Never even heard of him. Anyway, uh, he's going to dish the dirt on all his exes. The TV star, 
has written a book, Bears Necessities, A Simple Guide to Life. And Vicky Patterson and Charlotte Crosby need to watch out. So it's a class book full of the most talented people you could ever bump into. Almost Mensa members, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, But as I say, uh, nobody knows who he is. So obviously there wasn't any work on the outside. Consequently, he's had to write a book. But nobody's going to be buying it, darling. Who's remotely interested in two old has Sorry, three old has-beens. You, Vicky Patterson and Charlotte Crosby. <laughs> do us a favour. Do us a favour, please. Uh, 84850. I don't think they'll vote for us, but I like this year's UK entry, says Dean. They won't vote for us. Of course they won't vote. They don't like us. They've never voted us. They've never voted for us. In fact, over the past five years, it's just got worse and worse. They don't bother. At one time, it was just Germany. Then all of a sudden, we've got all these other peculiar countries that seem to come into it. And how on Eurovision we got Australia in, I'll never know. But they, but they, they sort of popped it. Nobody votes for us. They don't mind coming here to, to thieve the old benefits, but they don't want to vote for us for anything. But the whole thing is just a bit of pants anyway, isn't it? It's not, uh, it's not really serious. It's just some people write a song. I mean, can you tell me, go on, off the top of your head, everybody listening, most of you, uh, who is our representative for Eurovision? There you go. I rest my case. Nobody knows. Might be one or two of you who said, oh, it's so so, but that's only because you're sad people who don't have a life and you know who, who would be our representative for Eurovision. But the rest of us have no idea. We're not interested. Not interested. Unless it's somebody we've heard of and the song we've all voted for. I didn't vote for anything. Did you vote for anything? I don't remember voting. I really don't remember voting. Uh, a friend of mine, um, I spoke to her on the phone the other day. She said, I'm going to see the Australian Pink Floyd show. And I said, oh, right. She said, yeah, they're really good. It's a tribute band to Pink Floyd. I said, oh, I said, um, and I, I casually threw it into the conversation. I didn't, I didn't really think what I was saying. I said, oh, by the way, I said, I've got Nick Mason coming in. And there was a pause. And she went, You've got Nick Mason from Pink Floyd coming in. I said, yeah. She said, when? I said, I can't remember the date. I said, but it, it'll be coming up shortly. Um, there's, um, I think there's going to be a tour. And I think there's, uh, they've updated the book, as you know. It was his birthday, I think, two days ago. I think he was 70-something. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go with it. And she went, are you serious? Now, the last time I had a big celebrity, she said, can I come and watch? Can I come and watch the interview? And I said, no, you can't. But I let her. So uh, Nick Mason providing much interest in this building, I have to tell you. So we're all looking forward to seeing him there uh, in the building. Also, Pete Tong's touring. Why would you want to go and see a DJ working? Would that be really exciting? Pete Tong and the Heritage Orchestra. Lovely. Good morning, uh, Mrs Brown, as in M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Katie Tunstall is touring. Diversity. Genesis. Uh, created by Ashley Banjo. Diversity. Who were the other group? There was a couple of other groups, weren't there? Who sort of went around doing all this sort of throwing people up in the air kind of stuff. I, I can't do that. There's no point in me doing it. Calabro are touring again. They've got their gigs and tours. They're all over the place. And there appear to be four of them. Now, I can't remember if at one time with Calabro there were five of them and then one left and they became four. Or if there were four of them, one left and they became three and so they brought in somebody else. I cannot remember. I just remember them being on the television and then there was a bit of a ruck with one of them who then left the group. It was, you know, one of those things where it's a bit like uh, Group 4. What's it? Was it Group G4? G4. So Calabro, so Special Musical Theatre, Michael Auger, Jamie Lambert, Matthew Pagan and Thomas Redgrave. Previously, Robert Richard Hadfield and he left 2016. All right. So, so there is four of them now. There used to be five and now there's four of them. I think five's quite a lot, actually. So if you've got to split the money, that, that's quite a lot. Uh, the debut album came out in 2014, debuted at number one. 
And their famous fans include, wait for this one, try not to wet yourself laughing, Jade Thirlwell from Little Mix. That's one of their, their celebrity fans. I'd give up now, actually. But uh, their label is Psycho. Whether it's still Psycho, I don't know. But uh, Richard Hadfield left and was not replaced. So they've got four of them. But uh, all right. OK, they seem to sort of get around. People seem to like them. Obviously got sort of loads of fans everywhere. So their uh, their thing would do very well. Adam Ant is touring. I only mentioned these people just in case you're missing out. Russell Watson has got touring coming up. Uh, also, um, Caesar Milan live. Come on, come on, come on, Caesar Milan. Who are you? That's the dog whisperer. He's actually doing a show. He's actually doing a show. He's in London uh, at Eventim Apollo. Uh, patrons are not permitted to bring dogs to the event. Doesn't that seem rather bizarre that you've got a man who's going to be talking about dogs, but you can't be- imagine all these people turning up. No, we've told you no dogs. But he, he does dogs. No dogs. Got to remember this, haven't you? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, well, yeah, everybody. Nice to be coming. There was a programme on this week where you could phone in and choose the Euro song. I believe the winner was in the X Factor, but withdrew because her granddad died. She's got a nice voice, says Dean. We won't win it. It's all it comes down to. It costs a fortune to do it. God help us if ever we win. God help us. Uh, Steve says, read the Munchkin Cats. Uh, no, somebody writing to me called Steve says, read the Munchkin Cats. Why are the UK cat breeders allowed deliberately to produce feline leg dwarfism, cruelly limiting natural pain-free mobility? Don't ask me. Listen, I've seen crufts before, thank you very much indeed. I see animals where they can barely see. Awful. Absolutely terrible. I don't think they'll vote for us, but I like this year's entry. Uh, Somebody else? Yeah, I mean, listen, it might be a nice entry. It's not going to go anywhere at all. Can you imagine the chaos, says Mick, if they allow people to take their dogs to the Caesar Milan gig? Dogs barking, pooing everywhere, trying to get at each other. Yeah, well, that would make it very interesting. Can somebody explain to me? You might know this better than uh, than my good self. First of all, I, I, I do love the advert that appears for Neil Diamond. I'm a big fan of Neil Diamond. I'm a big fan of the two albums, Hot August Night 1, Hot August Night 2, uh, because I, I wanted to use it for my music, for my one-man show. And I wanted to have... I had this fantasy, this fantasy, over an orchestra, because Hot August Night 1 starts with this sort of very quiet violin, and then it gets going, and I wanted to have a huge gauze curtain. And gradually, as all the drummers came in... It illuminates them through it, then the curtains part. That's what I wanted. That was that was the big idea. A little bit showmanship. But it says you can book tickets to go and see Neil Diamond in concert. Uh, and this is in uh, Birmingham. But it says here that the only bit that makes me laugh, apart from, you know, what's included is a, a seated ticket, blah, 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 face value £65, ticket upgrades available, a night's bed and breakfast, blah, blah, visit to Stratford, coach travel, escorted by a friendly tour manager. As opposed to what? Sit down! You could just imagine, can't you? A friendly tour manager. Hello, does anybody want a biscuit? Biscuit for anybody? Cup of tea? That'd be quite nice. Because somebody explained to me, as we've lost Rick Parfit, at the Royal Albert Hall in July, Saturday the 1st, Status Quo Acoustic Live. Well, who's playing in that? Is that just Francis Rossi? Or is it... I mean, I don't understand what it is. It doesn't say anything. It just says, tickets, Royal Albert Hall. It just says, uh, a Kennedy... Kennedy, blah, 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 blah. status quo acoustic live. There's only one member left, isn't there? I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm sort of I'm trying to find out if anybody's booked tickets for it. What, what have they said you're going to get? Uh, you know, for for whatever the the price is, and I've got no idea how much the uh, the price is. I've got no idea. So I'm just checking something. Actually, just bear with me at the moment. Twenty seven. Oh, no, it is the twenty fourth. 
So I was just checking on a birthday party I was supposed to be going to. Mike and the Mechanics are touring again. Christa Berg and the band. Nathan Carter. Every month I seem to read out Nathan Carter and people have to keep writing to me telling me who he is. Uh, plus David Bowie. A special screening uh, in Hammersmith of Ziggy Sardust and the Spiders from Mars. That'll be interesting. That's on Feb the 16th. That's coming up quite shortly. Barbara Dixon is touring and the legendary co-founder of Traffic, Dave Mason. Is also touring. So status quo, what do we get? You see here, acoustic is from their sixth show, Francis Rossi, Andrew Byrne, John Edwards, Lennon Cave and Richie. Ah, right. We'll treat fans to a memorable night of acoustic discard. So, in fact, when it was done originally, it was with Rick Parfit, wasn't it? And I'm looking at a picture of the two of them there, the acoustic, uh, acoustic, stripped bear. So, uh, so that's why. Interesting, isn't it? My brother was a big fan. Big fan of status quo. Big, big fan of status quo. As indeed uh, many people were. So there's only Francis Rossi left now. They've played over 6,000 live shows uh, to a total audience of about 25 million people. 48-year history. It's not bad, is it? Down, down, deeper and down, 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 deeper and down. It was the same four chords, wasn't it? Or five chords. That's what I thought it always was every time. That's why we used to, we used to laugh about it. And uh, 84850... Uh, can you please give us an early warning about Nick Mason coming in? I will. I will. Amazing, actually, how many people want to want to hear Nick Mason? You could also. I might even give you the opportunity to uh, to text in questions beforehand. Not now, please. But uh, if you've got a question, then I'll I'll have a a section in the program so that you can ask him a question because you might not get the opportunities that I get in my. Uh, career. We've never been popular in Eurovision, says Markin Putney, since our dubious foreign policy tagging behind America. But how worse can it be now? We've voted out of the EU. Can it go further down than nil point? Um, yes, you can go minus, <laughs> minus nil point, as you'd imagine. I don't know. They don't like us. They, re- they really, really don't like us. It's just not, you know, oh, I don't know. What do we do about things like that? Why do we just opt out of Eurovision? It becomes a bit dated. We've, we've had our fair share of, of you know, winners. And uh, and it's good. And now all of a sudden we don't produce any winners. And it's kiss of death for most people. Any groups that go into it, you might as well just give up now because it's, it's going to kill your career stone dead. Uh, John says, as Trump is in the construction business, will he instruct his company to build the wall? He can't. He's got to get Congress's permission first. And then the Trump organisation gets 20 billion for doing it. No, because he isn't heading up his uh, companies, is he? He's had to relinquish all of that. He's president of the United States. No matter which way people look at it, I heard somebody this morning describing him as that man. It's the president of the United States. People voted for him and he's the president. That's, you know, that's what it is, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, whether you agree with Theresa May. Uh, Fion says, poo, pee and mad barking at the Apollo. Well, that's OAPs for you. That's theatre tours. Yes. <laughs> I can, I can almost sympathise with that, actually. I can almost sympathise with that goalie, goalie, that goalie this morning who weed behind the, uh, the goalpost. Because if you've got to go, you've got to go. And, uh, and I'm, I'm the worst. I am the worst. I'm, I'm convinced I've got prostate problems and everything. Because if, if, if I go, apart from the diabetes, I've got to go. It's as simple as that. There's no hanging around. Like, I've had to sort of, you know, look at the uh, at the ad breaks coming up on the programme, working out whether or not I can get to the toilet in that time, go and then get back in. Generally, I can. Generally, I can. Uh, so at last, a statue that will let the boys gaze at Diana every day. What, you don't think they've got pictures? What a stupid, a stupid thing to write in the Daily Mail today. And so they're going to put a statue of her up there. I mean, how big it's going to be, I've got no idea. I thought something about the size of the Colossus of Rhodes. 
That'd be quite impressive, wouldn't it? All the hanging gardens of Babylon with a huge statue of Diana. And uh, all the people say, oh, she's, uh, she's amazing. She was this and she was that. Of course she was. Of course she was. She, t- she took away from the, from the royal family what they'd had for years. There was a mystery surrounding the royal family. Not when she came into it. She just broke down all the barriers. She got the boys out there. She was almost like sort of a Beckham-type character looking after the boys. They went out there. Harry turned out to be the troublemaker at school as well as in private life, and that kind of carried on a bit. William was always the sort of smarty, goody two-shoes, butter wouldn't melt, hair falling out, that's it. And, um, and Diana was always very smart, and I think that's why they hated her. She didn't, she didn't go with the flow, put it that way, in the royal family. So the idea that they've got a statue of her 20 years after she died, and yet there's been no, no comment from Prince Charles's office at all. Because there wouldn't be, would there? There wouldn't be. Why would he be remotely interested? Obviously, the boys have said, listen, we want to do something. We're not going to have that disaster, which was the Diana concert. Do you remember? They did the Diana concert. Who was going to be guest of honour? Camilla Parker Bowles. A Diana concert. <laughs> I mean, how dumb do you have to be? How dumb do you have to be? Doctors told, don't uh, refer to expectant mothers. It will upset those who are transgender. God, honestly, what's the matter? I mean, it's transgender everywhere. Now boys can be girl guides. Stop calling them boys and girls, schools told. The BBC's sex change show for six-year-olds and uh, and the NHS to give sex change drugs to nine-year-olds. But I thought the whole idea was, why do you have to refer to somebody as trans? If it was somebody who was a boy who wanted to become a girl, then it's a girl. Okay, if that's what they want to be called, they're a girl. We don't have to sort of go, oh, by the way, they're trans. That would be ridiculous. I and mean, we've already got pedestrian crossings in Trafalgar Square with two girls holding hands and two boys holding hands. Who gives a flying forex who's crossing the blooming road? You're all going to get run over at some point in London. That's what it's like. And then they've got here male gender-inclusive toilets, uh, two cubicles and baby-changing facilities. I mean, I ask you, cubicles and urinals transsexuals you know and there are 50 groups who sort of uh, back this i mean because what because what you've actually got it i don't know whether or not you've heard of gender queer gender non-binary see i've never heard of that either seriously i mean that's you know ridiculous this is an umbrella term that covers any gender identity that doesn't conform to being male or female okay have you heard of cisgender you've heard of oh, you've heard of cisgender have you Oh, I've never heard of that. Someone whose gender is the same as the sex they were born. Someone. That's just us, isn't it? That's just men and women. All right. So I'm, I'm cisgender. Woo! Look at that. I've got a label. Thank God. Uh, transvestite is a person who dresses in the clothing of the opposite gender but does not want to live their lives as the opposite gender. They're just like dressing up and going out. Told you I used to have a next-door neighbour. He, uh, he was a tranny. He called himself a tranny. He had a girlfriend and a baby, and he worked at Fiat on the Great West Road, and he liked going out wearing leather skirts in public. Uh, there's also transgender male, somebody assigned female at birth who identifies as male, transgender female, intersex, intersex. So this is a person whose gender at birth could not be classed as clearly male or female, often having a combination of genitalia. Woo, can you imagine? Wow, Unbelievable. But uh, but uh, cisgender. I'm cisgender. I'm going to tell people in the office come Monday. I'm going to tell J- James O'Brien cisgender. I'm going to say you're cisgender and just see if he knows what it is. I think he'll put his glasses on for me and go, uh, Steve, I might be. I like that idea. I like that idea. Uh, lots of tributes to John Hurt. Married four times, but say friends. It was the tragic death of the lover he didn't wed that drove him to drunken torment. There was something, isn't there? People get driven to drunken torment. Uh, Madonna. 
and the tragic twins who've uh, lost mothers. I mean, it's funny because originally Madonna said, no, she wasn't going to be adopting two more children. And then the, the government in Malawi said, yes, she is. Uh, yes, she is. We're doing the paperwork. And, so, and she wanted it kept secret. Well, you can't keep paperwork secret. It's going to be somebody. A journalist contacted them saying, excuse me, can you tell me, is she adopting children? I'm looking at the paperwork now. So don't lie about it because it just makes it a bit, a bit embarrassing that you can't tell the truth. But then Theresa May wasn't very good at telling the truth, was she? Did you know about Trident? Don't know. Ridiculous. Uh, what else we got here? This is um, <laughs> um, Selena. I've got 24 inches for you if you've got the space. On learning that his ex-newsreader pal Selena Scott doesn't have a television, Christopher Biggins makes a typically risque offer to provide her with one. Selena Scott doesn't have a television. That would explain a lot, wouldn't it, really? How do you cope with not having a television? Everybody's got a television, haven't they? Obviously not. They did do a survey some years ago. They actually tried to um, find out whether or not people could survive without a television. So they, they took them away in a village, took everybody's televisions away. Within a short month, people were drinking, there were fights, families split up, the kids were running off the rails because television was the calming influence. A bit like radio. A bit like radio on a Sunday morning. A bit like radio on an early Sunday morning on LBC, where I can tell you quite categorically, it's 14 minutes to seven. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I like the little bit in the uh, in the Daily Mail today. Talk about the BBC political editor, Laura Kunensberg. Uh, Laura paid the price for the corporation's newfound, uh, is it parsimony? while accompanying Theresa May on her flight to America last week, while her rivals Robert Peston from ITV and Sky's Faisal Islam reclined on business class beds in Therese Air, the Prime Minister's version of Air Force One, Paul Laura was shooting daggers at them from the cheap seats in the rear. Oh dear, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Mick says, alongside the drugs they give these trans kids, I hope there's intensive psychiatric therapy. Oh God, yes, I would think it would be a huge, a huge load of that actually. Uh, Brian says, 25 years without telly. I don't miss it. Try it. You'll have more time on your hands. Now, I've got a radio programme, Brian. That's why I have to... I, I get paid for talking about it. I get paid, you know, good good money for talking about television programmes. How boring it would it be if we didn't talk about television programmes? Good heavens. Uh, Melandra says, Nick Mason. Oh, that's big. You're getting good at getting the big stars. I know. And offered to me. Offered to me. Even nicer. Uh, Karen says, and uh, have you ever thought about doing your autobiography? No. Thank you. Very much indeed. How dull. I'm just a radio presenter. Nobody wants to hear about my life story. Thank you very much indeed. You get it every day on the programme anyway. But uh, the reason I'm writing at silly o'clock, she says, I'm a humble mum and carer of my disabled son. Actually, talking about that, uh, did you see uh, on Saturday's Sun, I think it was, Katie Price says she wants to see internet trolls jailed. I'm going for that one in a big way. Absolutely. We've already jailed one for four and a half years. I think the last one who was writing at, uh, to Harvey about hope you choke on your sweets and this kind of stuff. Uh, I hope they get him into court and into prison as quick as possible. Uh, and the other 18 year old whose friend said, no, he was just joking. I'm afraid there's no such thing as joking when it comes to Internet trolls. You have to get them into prison because they don't realise them. At the moment they're in prison, they do actually realise that life has gone completely pear shaped. They have they have to learn. You have to teach them. It's like, you know, it's like training a puppy or something like that. Uh, front pages of the papers. I, uh, not the front. Yeah, it's the front. Let's do the front pages, shall we? Just so you know. Uh, the mail today. Don't call pregnant. Parents, mothers, it upsets transgender. I wish they could find proof of this. I wish they could sort of come back and say, right, well, here, here is a transgender person who's offended by it. Because I shouldn't imagine any transgender people are remotely bothered by anything like that. I want to divorce the wife of sports pundit Richard Keyes to anybody who'll listen. Nobody cares. 
He's a faded old has-been from years ago. Nobody cares who he goes out with. It's just not interesting. Uh, the Trump border chaos. Oh, God, has it gone all pear-shaped. Wills and Harry's statue tribute to Diana on the front of the Sunday Mirror. And Jeremy Kyle finds love with his kid's nanny. She's 16 years his, uh, his junior. Didn't take him long to get over that one, was it? It wasn't that long ago that the wife was having the fling with the old show jumper. You know what I'm saying? Over the old fences. The Sun on Sunday. Models X. I rumbled a liaison. Katie's secret night with Cowell. She'll hate the idea that Leandro Penner has sold a story about her. Whereas, in fact, normally it's the other way round, isn't it? It's old Katie droning on about her life. So at least he's actually managed to get his own back on her after all the vile things she said. Uh, the Alton Towers victim bears all. She's obviously worrying about a dearth of publicity. So she's decided, uh, because she didn't like her body, why, why all of a sudden you don't like your body, now you do like your body. I've got no idea. But uh, she, So she's done a taking her clothes off bit. I don't, don't quite see the purpose of it. I think, really, medical counselling would be better in this. And also, uh, you'll never guess who looks this good at 49. And it's a picture of um, somebody in the paper. And, in fact, when you look at the, the picture on the front page of the paper, well, if you can tell me uh, who that is, I, I would give you money. Unrecognisable. Do you know who this is? Have a look at that picture there. Can you see? Who, who, who do you think that is? You don't know it? That's Pamela Anderson. Unrecogn- I mean, it's like two different people. It's like two different people. It's Pamela Anderson with a makeover, and she's 49, and she was wearing this at... Um, she, well, no, it just doesn't look like her. You'll see it today on the Sunday People. You have a look on the front page, and you'll go, oh, is that sort of an, age, an aged Jerry Horner or something like that? No, it's Pamela Anderson. Uh, the Queen approved statue for Diana. Why she'd have to approve it, I've got no idea. What's got to do with her? Much as I'm a huge fan of the royal family, I don't mind your own business. You want to put a statue to your mother? Stick it up. It's your blooming house, Kensington Palace. You want to stick it up in your back garden? Stick it up in your back garden. Daily Star today, uh, Spidey uh, and his ghastly old uh, bimbo wife uh, in a vicious Kim attack. Foul-mouthed, cheap and American, I'm afraid, and over here. The Ripper's begging letter to the Queen. Oh, why don't you just hurry up and die and do us all a favour? We don't want to keep you anymore in prison. We really don't. The EastEnders star who feared for his life. Who could that be? Not Ross Kemp again, is it? EastEnders was years ago. Apparently he was, he was kidnapped by um, some people in war-torn Libya. I mean, you know, well, don't go to war-torn Libya. Kind of says it there. Plus you can get free onion rings today from Harry Ramsden's. Well, that's changed Sunday, isn't it, for us? Uh, Sunday Express, oh, there we, they've also got, it's the same group, free onion rings at Harry Ramsden's, worth one ninety nine. Oh, whoopee-doo. That'll be your exciting Valentine's Day present from the Express group. I'd rather have the free snowdrops, thank you very much. I never get these things. I never get the free gift. Why can't they put them in the paper? Uh, the prince is to unveil the Diana statue. It's not even been approved yet. They've not even got any designs. I mean, what will it be? Diana with sort of little children around her feet with suffer little children. You know, or will it be sort of Diana holding a landmine? Or will it be, I don't know, what can it possibly be? Diana sort of with Dodie fired. You know, I don't know. I don't know what, what the statue will entail. They haven't even found somebody to do it. So we're a long way off, aren't we? Long, long way off. Uh, Sunday Telegraph, they've got a piece about John Hurt. Also, the soldiers failed by the Troubles inquiry. The champion horse wins and then dies. And apparently the hand-holding between Donald Trump and Theresa May could have been a result of his need for a steadying arm to negotiate a White House slope. Because let's face it, you can't ask Melanda anything. She hasn't got the faintest idea what's going on. Her. She doesn't even know what day it is. Why would you ask her about anything? But I have a feeling he's going to be the difficult one. He's going to be the one going, I want to do this. They're going, you're not doing it. And he's going to go, well, I'm doing it. And he'll end up riding roughshod. I could, I could just tell, actually. You've just got this feeling, haven't you? 
Uh, eight for eight. If Jeremy Carl's nanny had an affair with a show jumper, it might only be a three-day event, Steve. Yes. And uh, Steve, I'm a bloke. I'm not cisgender. I'm a bloke from Yorkshire, says Dave. No, you're, you're cisgender. You're cisgender. OK, I'm just telling you this now. It's not your fault. Not your fault you don't know what, what gender you are, but I'm telling you, you're cisgender. I didn't know I was until a minute ago. I had to be told by the producer. He's like 12. He tells me I'm cisgender. 13? 14. And 15. OK. But cisgender, I've never even heard the expression. It only goes to prove, doesn't it? Every day you learn something new about yourself that you never knew the day before. I mean, I didn't realise until I looked in the mirror this morning just how attractive I am on a Sunday. I had no idea, because you don't think about this thing. I remember saying to my mother years ago, do you think I'm good looking? She went, this is silly. <laughs> so ever since then, I've sort of, kind of lived in this sort of, this sort of in uninhabited world of unattractive people. Sunday Times, the man of many characters, and that's Mr Hurt. And I still think he was brilliant as the naked civil servant. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant uh, as Quentin Crisp. And I met Quentin Crisp. I was, I was telling a friend of mine yesterday, the same one I sort of was telling I was going to be talking to Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. And I said, I met Quentin Crisp. He came over to do a one-man show and his producer said, come down. And I went down to interview him uh, at a little theatre down in Covent Garden. And, and I met Quentin Crisp. You know, it just seems unbelievable because unless you've seen The Naked Civil Servant, you have no idea what you're up against. And he was very old by that time, but it was still Quentin Crisp. He still pushed the boundaries. Trump and Charles in climate row. President won't take lecture from Prince. He won't take lecture from anybody, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and The Observer. Theresa May's Washington triumph, if that's what it was, will be short-lived on issues that matter to Britain. Trump cannot be trusted. The US president's first week has proved that he's like nothing that has gone before. Trump is ignorant, prejudiced and vicious in ways that no American leader has been. I'm telling you, you're coming up against it. He will be doing things and we'll be going, you can't do that. And he'll be going, I'm doing it. Also, the refugees detained at US airports. May refuses to condemn the move. There may be trouble ahead. That's just about it for the uh, for this morning. Thank you so much indeed for spending Sunday morning with me. I'm Steve Allen. I'm back this evening at nine o'clock for In Conversation. Uh, Rebecca Hall and Robert Carlyle. So a lot of conversation, really nice conversation. So do please join me at nine o'clock this evening. If not, podcast. That'll be a nice thing to do. And then you can listen to it. And if you learn how to podcast, it's dead easy. We do a free podcast every day. And then we have the paid for podcast, which means you can download everything on LBC. James, um, James, uh, oh, I know you call him James Brown. James O'Brien's Magical Hours, very funny, together with his musical hour. And you can download those and the programmes and Ian Dale and everybody else is brilliant. So get to learn how to do that because you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's Katie Hopkins. But right now, with breakfast, it's Ian Payne. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.